You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. Greg Hectus. Hey, Mike. Tony Groves. Good evening. And Will Gibson. How's it going, guys? Hey. All right, let's jump right into it. We got a lot going on. It's a little bit different format this week. As you might or might not know, we record on Thursday nights, and we've uh, traditionally been doing the the last week results only. But uh, So this week we're going to talk last week, which was Chicagoland, and we're going to talk the first couple days of the NIS Daytona season. So let's jump right into it with Chicagoland first. And uh, I'll start out. I got wrecked out on the Wednesday fixed uh, right off the bat. Uh, wasn't a good race. And then the Wednesday open was even worse. I actually got DQ'd out with seven to go. Total shit show is what I called it to the guys. Uh, I, I was probably caught up in seven different cautions that were not my doing. And it was just the first day and these guys just no practice. I don't know what it is, but, um, I just, you know, bad luck continues for me. And Tony, I I think you kind of had a similar race. Uh, you, you were frustrated too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really terrible race. So frustrating. I don't even know what I finished. It was somewhere at the back. I didn't even, I actually didn't even finish the race. Um, I spun on my own a couple times. Second time I, uh, I ended up hitting a wall real hard, took a lot of damage. Um, when I when I came back out to try to, to finish, um, I couldn't even pace under caution without my engine overheating. So I just uh, pulled it down to pit road and, and parked it. My, my frustration level was to the point where I was probably just going to end up ruining someone else's race. So no sense in that. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you were out early because of that, and uh, it was tough out there. I don't know what it was. Chris, uh, you also struggled P22. Yeah, my my race was a nightmare, too. I wasn't getting around the track all that fast, but I managed to keep it pretty clean as far as anything my own doing, but got caught up in some other wrecks, and I think I was three or four laps down by the end of that thing. And, yeah, it was, it was kind of a nightmare those, those first couple of days. Yeah. Uh, next day, Thursday open. I actually made it top split somehow. Uh, ended up P14, which I was pretty pleased with uh, being top split. Uh, it was green for 80-some laps, guys, before we had a caution. Um, and, you know, it was a good race at the end. It just kind of held off, you know, got what I could get, you know, kind of thing. And um, So I was pretty happy with it. Greg, you had a great run, P3, which is the best result of the week. Yeah, that was, uh, I threw that race away. Um, I, uh, that week we, uh, we worked through a bunch of setups there and I, I don't know, uh, how you guys felt with the set, but we were working on, I know Chris and I worked together the one night for the Sunday, um, open. We'll talk about that later, but, uh, Thursday I was still working on, a set that uh, I was working on with Mike Moorley and uh, we were practicing probably both him and I put 100 
150 laps each on that set trying to get it ready and it was a good race i uh i threw it away coming on to pit road uh stupid brake bias thing again with me i uh forgot to put it all the way forward and as soon as i hit that brakes i uh i looped it so ended up p3 because of the long run and it was a good race just i sh i probably should have won that race it was we i had the car to win so so you think if you didn't spin getting on the pit road you would have won it well they, we had two long green flag runs there and the last one was after that pit stop that i looped it and uh i was reeling them in but uh before that i was in p2 just staying behind the guy and not really losing much to him so when i came on to pit road i was following him down and i just locked it up coming on and i got off pit road it seemed better than some of those guys so even though i spun on pit road but i was 13 seconds behind when i came out and i was only a second behind when i went in so it for, for uh, looping it it wasn't bad right if well good run i mean fine. p3 that's great it was a good race. Yeah. And and that's the thing is always when you get to the end of these races, you're like, uh, even if I don't win at this point, no matter what happens, it's been a good run. Right. And it was one of those days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's jump on Thursday fixed. Uh, I got a P11, my best result of the week. Uh, it was a good run. I called it, you know, green flag stops. And then a caution actually put me a lap down. Because uh, I had already stopped, but sure enough, got a wave by, and then a quickie caution, which got me back on track tire-wise, you know, with the leaders. Um, got up to P2, but uh, pitted at 19 to go. Lost my track position, um, and they didn't, because a lot of them didn't pit, and um, ended up only getting back to P11. Um, I think I kind of blew that last call. You know, at 19 to go, um, do you stay out? I think we had maybe 10 or 15 laps on those tires, and the majority of the leaders stayed out. I pitted, thinking, okay, 19 to go, we need tires. And it was the, it was the wrong call. I think I would have had a better result if I would have stayed out. But uh, good run for me, I think, you know, P11 considering. Uh, Tony, you also got a P11. Uh, that's got to be like a win after what happened Wednesday. Well, yeah, I mean, not only what happened Wednesday, I ran uh, one or two A open races, I think Monday, Tuesday, maybe it was just Monday, and I had similar results as uh, as the Wednesday open race, so um, I, I tried to make it a point, okay, let's try a fixed race, see what I can do, um, and, I, and I just played this game real careful, um, and, and you know what, it, it kind of worked out for me, um, uh, late, late caution, uh, coming out four to go and i was i was sitting p5 and i was running real well i mean i wasn't terribly fast or anything but i was holding my own and uh unfortunately on the restart guy to my outside um i don't believe he he pitted um and he ended up spinning his tires went in the wall brought another car into it they came down into me i didn't realize what had happened i just know i ended up sideways into the wall um but yeah, so, you know, P11 at the end of it, and you're right, it did feel like a win. Um, you know, kind of redeemed myself over the, the terrible week that I had. And um, that that was, uh, you know, I was able to finish the week off because that was the last last one I was able to make, uh, finish it off in a positive note. That was nice. 
Yeah, you know, with 36, 37 cars in these races, you know, uh, P11 means a lot more than, you know, if you're running A-fixed and there's 21 cars, you know. But, uh, yeah, good run. Uh, Chris, uh, you had some help from Mr. Hammer. He was in uh, TeamSpeak with us. Uh, tell us about your run. Yeah, so um, I actually didn't get a run that night. I had uh, work come up the middle of the week there, but I had I forgot to mention that um, race earlier in the week that P22 Hammer was actually in TeamSpeak with us and and helped me out, helped me getting around that track and oh, Tony I think too. I think that kind of led to that P11 because both of us were kind of struggling early in the week and he helped us a ton just learning to get around that place. But yeah, and that's that that P twenty two. Actually, I think I ran really well that entire race, and uh, he hammer left. I think I was restarting in the top ten, and somebody you know got crazy on the restart and wrecked a bunch of us. But yeah, I just wanted to mention uh, his help because it had been a ton that week at Chicago for me and Tony both. I know. Yeah, yep. thanks for the reminder there because uh, you're right. Uh, during that Wednesday open race, um, you know, before I before I dropped out of the race, I was really paying attention to what he was saying to you. And you're you're right. Um, I was able to to be restarting P5 because of that help that he gave us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's always fun to have uh, additional help come in. Uh, Friday open, Chris. P24, but it says you were in position to win. Yeah, yeah, that one sucked. The, um, like I said, I had a, a bunch of help from Hammers. He got me straight down the track, and I wasn't running his set. I was running the, the one that uh, Mike Morley and, and Greg had worked on. Uh, it, but it was fast. It was super fast and ran good the whole race. Yes, ran. I was running outside the, the leader, and he just got up into me. That was... In that, yeah, went from outside the front row to P24. It sucked. Wow. Yeah. That is tough. All right. Uh, fast forward to Sunday Open. Greg, uh, boy, awkward race is what you put. Yeah, I started fourth. Um, the, something happened. Two, the last two races, I'll talk about the Daytona one after this later when we get down to it but th this race had almost almost everything in it for me um i started fourth we had a long run for i, I would say a fuel run it just came the caution came out before we pitted and i was coming down pit road with everybody i think it was seventh and i was in the pit stall area to come to my uh to my stall and the guy right behind me was right behind me and for some reason, something happened where he spun me out in my pit stall. So I lost, I had to go to the back of the, I had to back it up and do a whole bunch of stuff. I, I still couldn't figure out on the replay what had happened. It, it All of a sudden my car spun, nosed into the wall and I had to back it up, get into the stall. And I basically fixed all the little bit of damage I have and went to the back of the pack. Um, and then I was, I think I restarted 26th. And we had another long run, and I had made myself up to, I think it was like 12th or 13th, and a guy came off pit road that was having problems all race, had new tires, and decided to go on the inside of me. But as soon as he came off the corner and turned four, he got loose, saved it, went down to the apron, but it killed my momentum, which 
somebody came on the inside between him and me and I was on the outside. So I lifted. And as soon as I lifted up in the, at the trial for some reason, it just looped. And I took another couple cars with me and got wrecked. It was, I was going to have probably a solid top 10, probably getting back after, cause I was wasting so many tires trying to get through the field, but the setup was good. That was the one that uh, Chris and I were working on. And I think, you know, Chris and I had decided before that race that we had two different sets for the one for cold temp and one for the hot temp. And that one was kind of right in between and the set seemed to be good, but it just, that race, I couldn't, I couldn't buy a break. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just luck. Right. Yeah, I, I forgot. But yeah, we had three sets actually, because we had a yeah, hammer set they provided, but that was our, if the track is super, super cold set. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, you ran too. P17. Uh, got caught up in a wreck early, but uh, got a bunch of it back. Uh, yeah, that one sucked. Yeah, I got um, a couple of wrecks early. Got one I couldn't, uh, just couldn't get checked up for. Another guy came across my nose, but the car was still fast. Wasn't much damage. Um, I, I got the thing fixed. By the time I got the thing fixed, the couple minutes there was, I was five laps down. I got all those back through wave arounds and lucky dogs. And then was racing with a guy in the top 10 and just had a mental mistake. Like it, I kind of, how I got wrecked in the earlier in the week, I was, I just didn't run the line and got up into him, just not paying enough attention and wrecked us both. It just a, a mental error, rookie mistake. It happens. Yep. All right. Yeah, uh, Terry Williams, by the way, I'm sorry. Yeah. He was, he apologized to me afterwards. Because he was a bunch of laps down. He was like, oh, I should have gave you more room. I should have slowed. I was like, I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have ran you over <laughs> no matter yeah. how many laps down you are. That was, I, sorry, uh, Terry. <laughs> it was on you, right? Yeah, it was me. All right, Sunday fixed. Uh, I got a P11, got involved in first caution, was damaged, uh, was slow the rest of the race. Uh, like slow, like they were getting me on the straightaway. And... Uh, a late cautions just i gained a bunch of spots because they kept racking everywhere and uh my engine idle was lower chris you were telling me what's your engine idle and i said some number and you said well that's lower and it should be tell me how that works i mean if you get damage and it's never going to be up again right yeah i can't remember who it was i think it was uh greg that had learned this from i can't remember the guy's name the guy that tries to grind a car brandon What's his name? But yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, the Aussie from Brandon, the Aussie. Yeah, I don't know where it originated from, but nobody has seen. Sorry, Brandon, but I, I don't remember your last name. <laughs> yeah, but so in the in the A car, your engine will idle at twelve hundred RPMs, and then anything below that, and you have motor damage. And so, yeah, it's not an exact science. We haven't gotten it figured out, but pretty much, you know, if you're like eleven fifty, it's fine. But you know, on a plate track, if you get down to eleven hundred, you're gonna start seeing problems, and then we know. Around you know between like a thousand nine hundred someplace in there is when you're gonna you're gonna blow up eventually. Yeah, I think it was eleven thirty or something like that. But yeah, that's yeah. probably yeah you're not gonna win with that. But the easiest you'll, you'll thing to, to do is draft. if you rev it really low and you know you're gonna um, if it's really low and you you don't want to go around and find out if it's gonna blow up, just blow it up and wait the thirty minutes on pit road. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the uh, because overall you'll you'll wait yeah. less. Yeah, if you're if you're idling a thousand, you know it's and you have fifty laps to go, you know it's gonna blow up. You know, sometime between you know lap one and lap twenty, it's gonna blow up. 
and you're just wasting all that time in a slow car. So just, you know, bite that bullet and just go ahead and blow it up. Save yourself the time being slow and just go straight to the getting your motor fixed. Now, now Chris, you were at a different split, but you had a similar race to, to what I did. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just got, it was kind of like the race earlier in the, uh, the, the day before where I just, I got wrecked, got caught up in an early wreck, got beat up a little bit, but the car was still in pretty good shape. I, I just didn't, didn't have anything for the leaders at the end, but brought it home eighth, you know, pretty decent. All right. So that's Chicago land. Uh, that was Sunday. Uh, finish that, Mike. I did forget one thing here. Uh, when we were testing, me and Mike were doing a lot of testing last week. I just want to do a shout out to uh, um, Kyle Rhodes. He was uh, in a room with us, talking with us a lot about uh, setup. So just uh, just a shout out to Kyle Rhodes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The sets you guys are putting out are just phenomenal. I appreciate them myself personally. Um, and so let's talk about that some more. Uh, let's switch gears. So that's Chicagoland. That was Sunday. Now let's go to Daytona. Today's Thursday. Yesterday, Wednesday, we ran. I ran Wednesday fixed. I ended up P9. And guess what, guys? I had huge, huge blinking issues again. Like it happened at Talladega. It was the same thing that happened at Talladega, where all the cars all at once jump way up in the air and they come right back down. And then everybody's on the radio yelling at me, Mike, you're all over the place. Get out of here. Get out of the way. You know, that kind of thing. It was bad. It was just like uh, Talladega. And I recalled back to Talladega where the way I fixed it, eventually, I think on Sunday, I figured out it was I lowered the max car count from 63 to 20 in the app I and I, and it fixed it. And so what I did is on the first caution, which I think from what I was told, I caused the first caution by my blinking. And I do apologize to everyone involved. But uh, as soon as the caution came out and I got on pit road, I jumped out of the car, made that change in the settings, relaunched it, and guess what? I was perfectly fine. No more blinking the entire race. Totally fixed the issue. But I lost a lap because of that. Um, I eventually got it back. Um, I went back up to 11th, drove up to 11th, and then got dumped by a guy, but didn't wreck the car. It was still okay. Uh, and then I made it back up through the field to 9th, and that's where I finished. But I never got higher than that. So It's funny. I never looked at... Did they have anything posted about uh, having problems again on the servers, Mike? I haven't seen any. No, like and I need so... to. I need to report this. I haven't taken the time to do this. Because I, I recorded my. I should probably send my race in from last night because there was guys doing it in my race last night. I should probably send it to iRacing and show them what was happening. Because I lowered mine too, so it didn't happen to me again. And it's it's weird that obviously they've said that before it was because of the cars being so close together but for uh for me with my content creation too on streaming if i have to lower it down to 20 cars on the thing it's really becomes hard to you know show the racing the way i want to show it because of some problem there too right well and it messes up any kind of timing and scoring you're showing too because even when i went back um when I will talk about my race, but something happened at the front of the pack and I was back further in my race and I couldn't even watch it on the replay because it doesn't record it if it doesn't see it. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and there were some other people in my race having similar issues, like uh, Keith Vaughn. Uh, and I told him about, hey, make the change in your app by an eye. Um, and I think it helps some people, but I don't know. But it was bad. But I have not had the problem since I switched it. But there's definitely a problem with my computer when it's a restrictor plate. And if I have max car count at 63, there is a problem. And so at least I know how to fix it. Uh, let's move on. Wednesday open we ran. Um, the, you know, I, I missed the start. Now, I show up like last minute, like as the server's launching. I usually don't practice. I totally rely on my team for my setup. I ask them, what shall I run? And I, I, I trust them. I, I will put in whatever set they tell me, and I will run it. And that's what I did. And this time it didn't work. I jumped in, and I, I realized I qualified. I, didn't, I wasn't even paying attention. I qualified. I still had the fix set in from the previous race. And I realized that, and then I had to go load the regular set that everybody else is running, and it didn't work. It said, uh, you know, failed. And so I was messing with it, trying to reload it. I, I had messed with the uh, steering ratio, didn't realize it was going to mess up the set. I reloaded it. Nothing worked. And then I changed the, uh, what did I change, Greg? Some kind of setting you told me to change. It was the uh, perch. So perch you offset. Raise, yeah. You raised the car height. Raised the car height. All of a sudden it passed. I'm on the, I'm back, but I missed the start of the race, so. Uh, it was hard to recover from that. I ended up P18. But that's the first time that's happened where uh, a known good set, you know, somehow failed. Well, it's funny. All I think the other five of us that are racing at the same time all put it in and it loaded up no problem. It had some combination of me doing something with the steering ratio. I, it was at 8 to 1. I'm like, God, I, I like 14 to 1. And so I just changed it, but then I, that totally screwed everything up. Yeah, it was the yeah, it was a set. You couldn't change the steering ratio without without throwing up, and yeah, we wouldn't pass tech. It was that close. But yeah, I was running one that uh, Mike had run. Uh, Morley had run earlier in the week, so I wouldn't run the same set. But mine was really edgy too, where you just had to let it sit there for like five seconds, and that's what we thought it was. So we kept telling you, just let it sit there, just let. It sit and I was there. running out of time. Yeah. They're on the grid, and I'm the clock's counting sit. down, and Soon. I'm just like, crap, crap. Soon. Just Mike just sit. doesn't know that was part of our thing to keep him from winning. I was yeah. almost about to load the fixed set, but that would have been horrible. Anyway, uh, let's go on. Uh, Greg, you finished P20, uh, but started second, almost had a pull. Yeah. <laughs> this one was another... I don't know. I'm I'm having a string of bad races. Lux for the last two, at least. I was started P2. I missed the pole by like one. I think it was one hundredth of a second. And uh, guy behind me, he claims, and I'll believe him because I don't. I've never raced him before, so I can't say anything. Something happened to his computer, and as soon as he put it in gear, it shot him forward and uh, right into uh, my car and destroyed the back end. So <laughs> I started from second place uh, with. When I finally went down pit road, it was 38 seconds of damage, and everyone on the track was telling me I had no rear end from the spoiler down, and it was all crinkled up. And I was able to run in the top five you know, for most of that run until uh, there was a little bit of a bobble there, and 
everybody, some of the guys slowed down. And as soon as there was some separation, there was two packs and I was part of the second pack and went on pit road, did my two tire pit stop. I got on pit road way better than most of the guys. And I came off pit road with that lead pack, but for some reason I didn't get any fuel. I don't remember touching anything on the fuel and I ran out of fuel coming around the next lap and coasted to my pit, just missed getting to the pit and uh, had to get a tow and the caution came out right at that time. Ooh. So I was two laps down and could never get it back. I finished P20. Yow. Is that a uh, software issue? I mean, you have the crew chief software, right? Yeah. And I don't know, like I said, the other thing that has changes, I'll, it could be up to me is my wheel came back yesterday and that was my first race with it. So it could still be getting all my settings. Yeah, it has something, something to do with that. I could have hit something or have something programmed for fuel that I, I when I was scrolling through, maybe you know, one of the things I accidentally hit the select button and it unchecked it. I didn't double check before I came down pit road, but yeah. Yeah, so. that's what I was going to say. You should check. Maybe you have a hot key that's a sign you didn't realize you hit a button on the steering wheel and it turned off your fuel. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, because like I said, I just got the wheel back and that was the first race in it. So for me, that's a win just getting my wheel back. So I'll take that over. Heck anything. yeah. Yep. And then Tony, uh, P5 for you, with you also qualified P2. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that that set is just, was just super, super fast. Um, uh, it wasn't my, my first start at Daytona this week, but I, I've been uh, qualifying P2. I've, I've hit that a couple of times, just not quite enough to, to get the pole, but... Uh, you know, this, this was a pretty darn good race. I mean, I was, I was up front pretty much all race. Um, I think, I don't know if I dropped out of the, the top 10. Um, and uh, I don't know, I think we had about, you know, 15 or 20 laps to go. And uh, some guys in front of me got a little uh, squirrely. And uh, I just about lost it trying to avoid them. Um, and decided to, you know, ditch it down to the bottom and then, uh, into the grass, but uh, that that must have caused a little bit of damage, probably to the splitter or something. But after that, I just I couldn't keep up with the top top three. But I had a nice nice battle to grab that top five with the you know last two to three laps. So still had fun, great finish. Uh, Good run. Complain about that. Yeah, hell of a run. P five. Uh, good. All right. Uh, moving on. Thursday open. Uh, I get my win, my first win of the of the series this year. NIS, fifty uh, fourth career win. I uh, counted them. Uh, I started P four. I never ran out of top three all day. Led the most laps uh, before bringing home the trophy. And you know, I got to say the setup again. Mike Morley and Greg and Chris and everybody who was involved with the Daytona set or whoever did it. Man, it's it's right on. I couldn't have done this without that set. I'm racing guys that are really good. They have good sets. And the set was not the problem, that's for sure. And uh, I easily won the race. Uh, at the end there, Chris, you were, you were able to join me and watch. But uh, it was just, you know, everyone was lined up. There weren't really too wide. But the guy behind me, he was trying, man. He would lay off and lay off. And I would watch in the mirror. And when I saw him lay off, I would drag my brake as the leader and keep that gap to him, and it seemed to work. Yeah, yeah, you kind of downplay how easy it was, but 
Yeah, those I watched. Yeah, it's it was crazy. Uh, but I I was real happy, man. I I can't believe how good it feels to be competitive again. And why is it a restrictor plate? You know, I have no idea. You know, I just that's my thing. And every time we come to a restrictor plate. I seem to win or get close to winning, and sure enough, here I am winning again. So I'm real happy with it. Uh, Chris, you also ran with me. You got a pole. Good job. Yeah, we lost your audio. About my button. There it is. But uh, yeah, it was, it was all the set for sure. Yeah, I got the pole, but then I just I screwed up the race. We had uh, we only had one caution that race. And um, under that, I had the lead going into that caution and slid through my stall a little bit. Came out in like fifth, and then that was the only caution we had. And on my green flag stop, I just didn't get in hard enough on pit road. I was afraid I was going to lock it up and underdid it a little bit and ended up P7. But yeah, the car was fast. I just didn't make some mistakes that, that cost me. All right. Well, that's uh, Daytona, guys, and we continue. Um, so we just did the first two days. We still got Thursday night. Tonight is the fixed. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday coming up. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, let's keep moving. Let's talk other official racing. Uh, I ran, or excuse me, I didn't run, but Chris and Tony ran together in the same split Monday. Daytona Open, uh, a car. Uh, you guys ran a lot uh, together near the end, almost pushed you to the lead, but you ended up with P6, P9. Yeah, he, um, that race was, you know, we were in a practice race for NIS, and that race was super clean. And I was lucky enough, we had the, the start was terrible, everybody was slow. I was lucky enough to get, a, get away with like the front group of seven or so. Tony didn't, and the front group just ended up, we had like, you have 40 green flag laps and so we lapped the field and so tony was lapped but even as a lap down car for like the last 10 laps he was pushing me on the outside trying to push me past the leader and i had the lead with he got me into the lead on the with two to go and then we just stalled out and that inside line got a big push and and i ended up sixth and he ended up ninth a lap down but yeah he was he was flying he was pushing me hard Yep, and then you guys ran again Tuesday night as well, same uh, event, but P4 this time, Tony gets wrecked out. Yep, yeah, yeah, that was weird. Um, uh, we had a, I can't remember when the caution came out, I think it was in the middle of um, green flag pit stops after, during a long run, and for whatever reason, they put lead, uh, some lap down cars in front of some of the lead lap cars. So I was restarting fifth, but like the top three, probably 10 cars ahead of me. And it was strange. Tony was one of the lap down cars. And so he just immediately gets over and, and gets out of my way. But yeah, there's still, it was, it was odd. I don't know why that happened. Tony, you're running up front a lot this week though. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a plate track. So, um, you know, I, I've got a lot more confidence at a plate track than the mile and a half scanning it with the mile and a half, you know, and the, and the set this week is just on fire. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, and well, Hey, it's, it's fun running up front. It sucks when you get caught up in, 
in stupid crap that, you know, you didn't have anything to do with, but you know, that's also part of, uh, you know, play track. So, you know, it is what it is. It was fun being able to push, uh, you know, scales, uh, trying to get him a win. Didn't quite happen. This one here, uh, well, it just sucked, but I just, you know, put my time in, put my laps in and, uh, at least I wasn't a hindrance to Chris. John. Oh, yeah, Tony's been fast all week. It's just, yeah, it sucks. He he keeps getting caught up in every one of those, you know, wrecks that you tend to get caught up in in Daytona. I've been lucky enough to miss him, and he's been getting caught up in him. And it's still fast in his beat-up cars. Yeah, just keep digging, man. You'll get a win before it's over. All right, uh, Thursday, or excuse me, Tuesday night after that, I got home off of work, and I ran a late race at Daytona A-Fix, and guess what? I won that. So that was my second win of the week so far. So my confidence is just brimming. Uh, that one I had to work for a little bit. Uh, it was pretty ugly at the end. Uh, I was on the outside, and the guy door slammed, or I door slammed, or we both did, and I he was on the out bad side of that and I was on the good side and that's how come I want it. All right. Uh, what else do we have for official Greg? Did you do any? Um, if nobody else has anything else, to talk about, I was just before we finish up since we're on the setups and building stuff. Um, I just wanted, it's probably better here to put it in, but we are, uh, as a team, we are looking for, uh, people to come on board and, you know, help us, with all this building of sets, running, talking with, or being part of our messenger group, um, you know, even be on the podcast and stuff like that, just deal with stuff that is going to help our team grow. And we're just putting it out there. If there's anybody interested in, um, you know, wanting to race with us and be part of a team Tifosi, um, you can, I guess, Mike, there's, there's ways to get through to us at the Facebook page. Um, you can email me or personal message me, Greg Hectus on, uh, or actually Gregory Hectus on iRacing uh, forums if you want to private message me, or you can uh, email me on my personal email at frozencactus at gmail.com. So that's F R O O Z E E N K A K T U S at gmail.com. Okay. Anything else you guys want to add to that? Well, just go to iRacersLounge.com. That's all you got to remember. All right. Uh, yeah, hit us up. We'll be rec we're recruiting. We're looking for uh, the right people. So if you think you're a NASCAR driver, come join us. Uh, let's move on. To World Pre, uh, Formula One. Next race is July 7th. Uh, peak is July 10th. So that moves us to Will to talk about super late models. Will. Sorry, hot key issue. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, do a quick congratulations to Mike and Matt McKinley. They actually finished 1-2 in the super late model race, so that was a really fun, good race to watch. Um, it's really cool to see them run 1-2. Run um, one thing I did want to note, though, is after the interviews, every driver said there was improvements to the track um, since the last patch, so that's really cool, I think iRacing's moving in a positive direction for the dirt ovals right now, so it's good to see. Yeah, I was watching some of the YouTube stream, and boy, it is fun to watch. There are so many cars out there going at it, you know, and uh, 
sometimes they tangle up and pile up in a huge pile and it's crazy yeah there was a couple incidents i think it's just part of dirt racing i think if i think yeah what was i looking for um the new damage model i think that's going to be a big improvement because right now if you touch quarter panels at all it's like hitting like the frame rail on the car so there's really no give so i'm hoping with the new damage model we start to get a little bit of give and take on those quarter panels when they start running side by side and right. then that if if that happens the way i hope it's going to put racing on a whole new level yeah and then you give up some arrow because it you know it's crunched up or whatever but uh, mike mckinney isn't he like a real dirt car winner racer yeah, he was the one who helped them with the UMP modified. So right, it would be yeah. him. He ran second, and his brother Matt actually ended up winning the race. All right, cool. Um, let's keep moving. Rallycross World Championship. Guess what? Mitchell DeJong wins, but it wasn't a perfect race for him. Uh, r- round two, uh, Mitchell qualified third, almost three-tenths off pole, but still was able to win his heat, putting him third on the grid for the feature. Mitchell was able to lead through the first half of the first lap until Johan Hirth bumped him out of the racing groove into the hairpin turn on lap one. Johan lead, it led until the same corner on lap six out of ten, where he was passed back by Mitchell on the outside. DeJong was able to lead Johan the rest of the race, winning at IRP. Uh, Scott Speed was in the field, qualified fifth, was involved in a racing incident after the first turn and had to drop from the heat. He did not even start the consolation race. This is a. I, I, I think I messaged on the messenger this week. I, I said I've gotten. You know, I wanted to be fair to all the series. Now I've started getting into watching all of them, and uh, all their events, not just strictly focusing on oval. And I watch. I've been watching these the rally series because it's really good racing to watch. And to, to with this one, I actually I was on break with a coworker, um, and we were at a tim hortons and i was hooked up to the wi-fi there and it's a coffee shop here if you didn't know um (laughs) they uh and i was showing him this and he goes that's what you get you're always talking about your racing it's kind of like that stuff it's like that competitive i'm like yeah and and it kind of almost got my buddy from work kind of hooked into thinking about going with i racing so there's these these events can actually you know sway people into becoming members by watching it yeah, and it's a neat uh, attraction that you can get in a, a virtual race with a real race car drivers, too, if you're good enough, you know, and win money and all that other stuff. Uh, so what about Scott Speed? I mean, I hate talking about him, but, I mean, you're in this Grand Prix event as a special guest. Yeah, you know, stuff happens. You get wrecked in turn one. But then you, like, rage quit and don't even start the consolation race that you would probably win anyway. If anyone else goes first, you can go first about that. Well, I don't know what to say about it. I just, you know, I think that's, you know, bad sportsmanship, I guess. I think it's just him, to be honest. I think he's just a prick. Yeah. He's just, he's just a, you know, he may be a good race car driver, but he has a bad, like, that's a bad marketing attitude, too. Like, even bad temperament. Yeah. I don't remember un- much about him, but I thought I remember him having some issues like that back in his, you know, kind of NASCAR and. Oh yeah! Oh 90s, yeah! There's there's history there. Yeah, like 
I say he used to be a thing, and I I think he was kind of a a douche then. Yep. But he wasn't ever even he wasn't competitive in F one, and NASCAR the Red Bull team when he came in wasn't competitive at all yet till he left. Right. All right. Well, uh, Mitchell DeJong is the guy for sure. Uh, Scott Speed, uh, again, doesn't make himself look well uh, at, in these events. Uh, last time he was had technical issues. He was supposed to join the broadcast. I don't think he did. This time uh, he rage quits, I guess. All right. Let's keep moving. Uh, next up, iRacing announces the new iRacing eSports network on YouTube. And from what I understand, they're basically splitting their YouTube channel into two. They'll have one for regular iRacing announcements and news, and then there'll be another one where they broadcast races. And so that's kind of the way I understood it. Will, did I get that right? Yeah, from everything I could tell, that's kind of what's going on. Um, They're still going to do the iRacing live. Um, now, I'm not sure where that content is saved. I think that just runs live on iRacing. It's that little yellow bar that pops up on the bottom of the member page. So they'll have that going continuously. Um, I think they're going to use the iRacing YouTube for just like promotional videos. And then iRacing eSports Network for all the broadcasts for the Grand Prix series and stuff of that nature. So, All right. So the word esports uh, getting ingrained in a way, uh, and I think the other way, a neat thing about it is, if with just their one channel, uh, do, you know, their promotional stuff does it get lost because there's all these live events that are mixed in. There's thirty, forty live events between each promotional video, and so can people not find them because of that? I think that's probably part of it. Yeah, and I would think they can still show like a little commercial for whatever they want to advertise before the race or during the race or whatever i like this i like i'm separating it so i can have you know notifications set for this channel if i want to so i know you know i'll get notified anytime there's a live race going on and not necessarily when they want to show me you know some or vice versa coming up yeah or yeah exactly maybe i want the just the news i don't want to see the races so it's kind of cool that they separate them i think yeah i guess i'm okay with it All right, Greg, what's next? I guess there's uh, Randy Cassidy is looking for some help for some U.S. server issues. Uh, I guess he had this problem a couple months back. Um, He asked members to that were having connection issues with the U.S. race servers to also have uh, that had small levels of technical skills to capture packets to share with iRacing to help them solve the issue. Randy posted this again from on the forum stating that they could use some more people to help out. So if you're having connection issues on the U.S. server and want to help, please reach out to Randy Cassidy via forms. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess some of the I, I don't know the details on what the actual problems they're having with the servers, but it's uh, I don't know. Does it have anything to do with what? I guess that's not to do with what's going on this week. Well, there's a lot of things that happened uh, the last week of uh, going through of, Ju- of June going through uh, first part of July. Comcast had an actual nationwide outage that affected uh, everyone who used Comcast and a lot of different websites that are somehow served by Comcast uh, as far as an ISP. 
Uh, that was the 29th, I think. But there were other server issues reported in over the uh, various days in the forums, but uh, nothing concrete that I saw. Yeah, I think it's important that people, um, if you know, if you're having these connection problems, it's important to contact Randy or iRacing support, and they'll send you a little list of, you know, send us this file, send us this, copy and paste this, and I've had a problem before, and it takes like 10 minutes or so to go through and grab everything that they want if you've never done it before. But it's worth doing because otherwise, how are they going to fix it? Because you can you can complain about it, or you can be part of the solution and send off what they need to get the solution. So you take the time to do it if you're having problems. All right. Uh, Tony, you got a party to talk about. Yeah, that's right. Party at iRacing. Um... August 26, uh, they're, uh, they're planning to celebrate their 10-year anniversary as well as the 2 billion lap milestone on August 26. Um, Tony Gardner posted about it in the forum, saying they're planning on doing multiple stories, videos, and, and prizes, um, as well as they're also planning on having some special series for the, uh, for the 10th anniversary. Um, no dates have been set, but he says starting in early August. Um, so 10 years and, you know, we, we mentioned about the, the 2 billion lap milestone, but, uh, iRacing's 10 years old. 13 million uh, laps still away. I think whoever hits that, that 3 billion should get, uh, like lifetime iRacing membership free. That's really should, cool. Yeah, they should advertise it too. So when we hit that mark, you see like the servers expand. Everyone's like, trying to race, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what they yeah, should you have do? have to be in a race too. Because yeah. what it should do is everyone that's racing and that when it crosses over should be entered into something because they're all, it, who's, who's to tell whose lap did it? Oh, I'm sure yeah, the computer could figure it out. Yeah, yeah, they probably can, but yeah, I still like your idea better anyway. Just enter everybody that was racing at the time into a drawing. But That's yeah, a neat idea. They're 13 million away. There'll Under be people out there limping. That'll be done before the, August 26th. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to keep my car turning. The last got to be coming. So they, uh, it, it's about the 10 years. That's what Tony's really looking at, though. That is the 10 year anniversary. So. Yeah, that's really cool, too. Well, how many software deal, titles can say we've been around for 10 years? That means my 10 years is up almost, is up too. Yeah, especially one that requires support like this. The you know, the company's been around. There's games that you know. They ha there's people behind them that have a passion for playing them, and they'll keep you know, patchwork together servers going for decades if they want to play something bad enough. But for a, a single game to be supported this long and improved on for this long is pretty cool. Yeah, we need tenth anniversary T-shirts. Yeah, this should All be right. a bigger deal, I think. All right, Will, tell us about other T-shirts. Dang, keep having a hotkey issue. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so, yeah, they actually, we got new shirts. This time it's an IR18, or also known as the new IndyCar. Um, but it's all iRacing out, and it's part of the new RR Racewear. Nice. It's a nice-looking shirt. I really like that the logo is big and bold on the back and on the front. I like these a lot better than the 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 last set we were looking at with the with the cup cars. Um you know that Indy car looks really really good and you know, it's it's simple uh styling and everything like that but it's you know it's got a Not busy. Bit of, 
it's not yeah it's not terribly busy and it's got uh just enough flair to to kind of jump out at you yeah those last ones i wasn't too impressed with these are the best since the i still think the dirt stuff's my favorite as far as how they look but these are pretty nice i wouldn't mind having one for sure they could give them away as part as a 10th a anniversary thing <laughs> i wouldn't now, have to I... pay for them if if I wanted to be like super picky, um, like I really dig the front, like uh, especially the uh, the hoodie. I'm a huge fan of hoodies. Um, you know, if you could just have that on the front with nothing on the back, um, I, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. I just I just love how it sits on the shirt, how it looks. Um, that was a huge win for me, anyway. Are you a huge fan of hoodies because we wear them eight to eight to ten months of the year. <laughs> They're a necessity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're pretty nice for sure. All right, let's move on. Uh, we talked about, or I ranted about in a previous podcast, the eight minutes of qualifying in the rookie rallycross races. Why is it eight minutes long? And uh, sure enough, I, I think our listeners posted up on the forums right after the podcast and asked, why do we have eight-minute qualifying? And uh, sure enough, Tyler Hudson posted up and replied, uh, we do care about this. Uh, when asking for community schedules, it would be great if whoever submits would include this type of change. In the meantime, I set off a reminder to go off around the time we're doing the schedules for next season. Unfortunately, not something we can change while the season is currently going on. And uh, sounds like they're going to change it, guys. Uh, cool. Well, I guess the squeaky wheel gets the grease, huh? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I need to rant fine. more. Yeah, no kidding. That's a that's such an easy fix. It just seems like they just have to type some numbers. But yeah, thank goodness at least they're doing it. Yeah, they listened apparently, and <laughs> it'll make those a little bit more fun to run. All right, Chris, tell us about would you buy a discounted car that has low participation? Yeah, so uh, Ian Demick, he posted a, a poll on the forums uh, asking a simple question. He said, uh, we have a lot of series and cars on iRacing which suffer from low participation. Daytona prototype, camel cars, V8 supercars, etc., etc. So the question is, if iRacing discounted these cars, either permanently or temporarily, as an effort to boost participation and sales, would you make a purchase? Um I voted right now the the polls at fifty six percent for and forty four percent against. I was one of the ones that voted for. There's a lot of uh, fun series on here that I've I found when I started trying to get my road license. And I think there's some cars on here you know that I've never tried before that I would probably give it a shot if I could get them for five bucks and you know, that that upped the participation a little bit. I might buy a car for five bucks and try it right now. Right now, I don't buy cars unless I have to. Typically, now here's another question about these cars with low participation. Like it's the people, that, like even with some of the stuff, you know, when they bring out a car that becomes obsolete, like they made the what is the is it the COT car that uh, runs the Talladega or Daytona, whatever the Carburetor Cup. Oh, that, is that on here? I didn't even know that was on here with the crazy spoiler and splitter. Ugh. I think it's gone, but it, like I'm just saying that older version of the cup cars and things like that. What would you guys say if like the, they don't have like because if they're not going to be participating because people don't like some old content, what if you 
like members like me, like I've had a lot of content over the 10 years that I've been on here. And if you accumulate stuff that goes away, what, what if you did the other thing, like say, you know, how when, when you have a video game that's old, you can trade it in and get some money or something. What if you traded in, you could get newer content, like multiple things to trade in to get, you know, some credit for something else with that you know, would that entice some people to, because then you don't have to have so many series then too. A neat idea. Trade in yeah, my cool content too. I don't run anymore so I can renew for three months longer. Yeah, it just uses like, because like I said, like you got, when they released the Camaro, whenever that is, that what's going to happen to the normal car. So what, what we should be able to do is, okay, if you, instead, if they don't want to discount it because you already have it, then okay, if I say I put this car, this car, and this car here, I can put it towards content, and then you can drive participation up in other areas because people, those other cars don't exist anymore. Then like get rid of them for racing, but use them to, to help boost other stuff. I think what they could do, or what they should do with that old expired content, such as like the old nationwide truck, the old Miata, that stuff, they should just make it free to everybody. Um, just like have like a, maybe a novice license below rookie that's free for anybody. You have to use the new beta UI if they want to push that to get people into the sim, get them to try it. Trial. Yeah. And then what, like once they are like, cool, I want to jump in, then do the membership, get the newer versions, the new, the new Miata, the new street stock, this, that, this, that. I think just having a lot of that old expired juiceless content that's laying around. Let people try it for free. If they like it, they'll sign up. If not, cool. All right. We're going to skip to, in the uh, interest of time here, and jump right into hardware software. Greg, you have the first hardware software. Half price uh, sale in Steam. Yeah, I guess this is what they do every summer, though. They go on their Steam kick and uh, discount a lot of games. And I guess, I guess what uh, voice attack, voice attack is half price. I don't even, I didn't even look into this. Yeah. So voice attack is something I use and yeah. it costs, uh, I think $15 or something. So you can get it half price right now. So what is it like a uh, pick commands basically? Voice attack is a, a piece of software that maps voice commands to actual physical typing or key commands or button pushes. Okay, so it's like the crew chief. I'm just reading up on here too as we're going through because I didn't think we were jumping ahead that far. Um, it's like the crew chief that we use that uh, you can it, use kind voice of, commands yep. and you can tell it to fuel or whatever type right. stuff. Right, several years ago this was the only way to uh, really do voice control on iRacing was voice attack and you had to program your own profile where you would say right side tires only and it would you know push the right buttons to make it be right side tires only you know and that's how it worked and so that's evolved now into this other guy made this plug-in that goes into the new voice attack as a voice attack plugin and uh, some iRacer created this plugin it's free to try and you can pay for the paid version but it gives you all it does all the programming for you so it, you don't have to program it unless you want to i'll just check it out because i already have some stuff that we're going to pick up from the steam sale anyway 
So it'd be, yeah, it's probably worth seven bucks to pick it up. Well, now. I mean, if you get seven bucks for Voice Attack, you can get the DRE free. And now DRE is Digital Race Engineer. Search the forums for that. That's the plugin I mentioned. And so it's really cool how it works. Okay, so anyway, um, the way it works, I, I can say right side tires only. Uh, I can say left side tires only. I can say switch. I can say uh, relative, and it switches to the relative uh, F9 or F3 box. Or I can say standings, or I can say tire info or fuel info, and it switches the box, the black box. That's what I mainly use it for. There's also a thing where I can say begin typing, boogity 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 boys. Oh, and it will type <laughs> boogity boogity boys, and then I can hit enter, and it will go up on the screen as typed words. And somebody spins you out. And so it works really good. And you do have to kind of go through Microsoft's voice programming that's built into Windows as part of that to set it up. Yeah, I think you have to do that with pretty much any of the, yep. the voice command stuff anyway. I'll have to check it out. But the digital race engineer, you have to map your keys to the default settings to match up with the plugin so it works right. And so if you've changed your bindings of your keyboard to different bindings from default, you will probably have to switch them back to use this software. Another warning, but it works great and I really recommend it. I've been using it like that for since Digital Race Engineer came out. I can't it's been maybe I want to guess a year and a half, I don't know. But it's been around for a while. Check it out. It's on sale if you want to get the voice attack. Next up, let's talk hardware. And I uh, found a Facebook video from a uh, Facebook group called Track Racer America uh, introducing their RS6 cockpit that has an optional body shaker that sits underneath the seat. And uh, it's a pretty neat-looking cockpit, man, and the seat is awesome. Uh, what do you guys think of this? It's coming soon. I'm, I think uh, it looks... I'm sorry. I, no, said, ahead, I think it looks really minimal. Um, for somebody who uses VR and stuff of that nature, I think it's perfect. The accessories that come with it, like you can add to it for all the stuff that you want, depending on what you want to order with it. it it's kind of really... This is kind of like... I was just talking with my wife about this when I was I was working on my car this afternoon and I had it was starting to rain and thunderstorm outside so I can't, told her to go down and turn my computer off and she got on the seat and she goes it'd be nice if this thing would adjust and I said yeah the one I have it doesn't adjust but something like that with all the adjustment capabilities and the attachments is perfect for someone that wants to deck out their man cave for racing the way they want. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on this one for sure because I really don't have anything yet, and this is kind of the direction I want to go. Something that I can start as simple as I want, and then add stuff on, you know, down the road. It's got a small footprint too. Yeah, that's another thing. I want to take up a lot of space, and plus, it's going to go in one of my daughter's rooms. And when she is, they're not here much out of the year, but when they are, I want to be able to take that out of there and make sure they have a whole room and they don't have a giant rig sitting in the way. Not only does that have a small footprint, you know, the versatility um, is is absolutely awesome. But you know, it it looks well made. It looks very sturdy. It doesn't yeah. look cheap. 
Um, yeah, it looks still sturdy without having with yeah, still having that versatility. Usually, it seems like you give up one of those two. I just I like the like even the it's the first one I've seen that you can tilt the seat back and forth like like up if you want to sit it back kind of a little bit further where you're back. Most of the seats you get are straight forward. You don't get the the tilt in it. You just get the move back forward on forward and backwards on the rails. Yeah, it's got tilt. Yeah, unless you spend a whole lot of money on the seat. Yeah, they usually don't have that adjustment built into them. It's a stationary cockpit. It's got a separate triple monitor mount if you want it. That's a standalone. And it looks pretty pretty nice too, you know. And uh... Not only that, now it, it looks like it can split into two. Like the, the whole seat piece can, you know, move separate away from, uh, you know, where you'd mount your pedals and wheels. So... Uh, you know, for someone like, uh, you know, myself that um, has to double duty his uh, his computer between work and, and play, um, the ability to be able to kind of break it apart and, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, like it's uh, going back to what you originally said, you know, the small footprint just gives you more more options to be able to, you know, move it around and kind of get it out of your way when you don't need to use it. Yep, like and... The keyboard tray is awesome too. I mean, it just kind of sits yeah. off to the side, and the mouse is above it. It's a really good tray. Like that's that's something that's you know you really want for the cockpit, so you can get it away, but you can at least have it at your disposal there instead of having it sit somewhere else. Yeah, and then optional speaker surround mounts uh, for a five speaker system, or is there's places to mount it right on the rig. And the, the seat is a NASCAR-style wrap-around-your-head kind of seat. It doesn't go around the shoulders, but it does go around the head. Very cool. I wonder how much it is. What do you guys think? Grand? I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid. I'm five, I, oh, 800? Yeah, I'm going to get an only get it. It's only 650. 650? Where did you find that? I couldn't find anything. Well, well I had to hunt one... their website down. I, I was wondering. I mean, I, I've seen you know, awesome. ones that are kind of similar, right around the seven eight hundred dollar range. So, I, like, I, I was gonna guess at around seven hundred, um, which would be about right for you know this style of uh, setup. That's just the base unit. Is that like a monitor stand or anything? I, if you get all the bells and whistles, how much is it? Well, do you, can you figure it out? The uh, triples. I and... figure that out, unfortunately, just the base price. I see. Yeah, it, keyboard, tray, everything is optional, so. Yeah, I bet you you're looking at around a grand all in, you know. Yeah, that seems that, about right. Yeah, it'd be about the same as everything else. Yeah, but yeah, since I won't need a, I'm hoping to go the VR route, I won't need a monitor stand, so I'll be able to save a chunk of change later. I don't know. If I was looking to buy a stationary rig right now, I'd want one that's upgradable to motion that I could add a D box system to and put four D boxes under the four, you know, feet. And I don't know if this, this one doesn't appear to be that way, but there are seats and cockpits out there that are, that do have that compatibility. Well, the way this thing's built now, I, you know, and I could be wrong here, but it looks like it wouldn't take a whole lot to, you know, custom. That's true custom make it for yourself to run a d-box type setup you know yeah it's compact that's for sure uh, it does look nice i would definitely be considering this it, again called track racer rs6 mach 2 
So Google that. You can go to www.trackracer.com. That'll be their site. All right. Well, I tell you, this is one of the uh, one of one of the, uh, the the setups that's kind of got me all all giddy. Um, I, I'm an options guy. I like to have lots of options, and this one really seems to fit that for me. I was just, hmm, my birthday's coming up sometime soon. Ooh. My wife doesn't love me that much. It's eight ninety nine for. You just tell them, you know. You need to have a place to, you know, put everything in one little place, and it's a small footprint. And it gives me a place to mount all this equipment. I've got some really good puppy dog eyes, so maybe it's time to break them out. <laughs> all right, well, that's it. Let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, we have uh, an, a fixed race coming up in less than an hour from now. I hope most of us are participating in. I'm hoping to get another win. But let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, Chris Scales, you're up first. Yeah, I'm just happy to be in the middle of Daytona week, ready for the race tonight. Not quite as excited about the fixed racing as I am the open, obviously, since we have a good set. But uh, yeah, the fixed has been, God, it's hard to pass. But hopefully we'll get some, have some teammates in our races, and that makes things much, much easier. Oh, yeah. Teammates are big uh, here at Daytona, especially if you want to get a run on the outside. It takes at least three. Uh, two is pretty hard. Three is definitely doable, but you got to be committed to work together, you know? All right, Gregory Hectus, what do you got for final thoughts? Uh, just excited about this week. I'm getting back into the things. I'm so glad to have my wheel back. It was a surprise that it came back as quickly as it did because I found some stuff out about it but it's fixed it's working not 100% yet I still got to contact them about something some firmware they put on it but that's not they're doing it's just something that they have on it that I got to wipe off and redo um, like I said before anybody that's uh, interested in becoming want to become a member or talk to us about uh, the team Tafosi here you can contact uh, any of our accounts here and uh, we'll uh, definitely consider um working with anybody here um also i'm just gonna give a shout out this week again to um working with the guys you guys are we last week that the time that we put in with the chicago setup and then you know just the messenger has been going good about with all the uh, con or all the stuff that we're doing i know a bunch of us are all now streaming started streaming all of a sudden too to show uh how our content is going so it's good to see everybody uh working together here yeah it is uh it's been real uh refreshing to be talking setups and seeing the back and forth and talking about practice runs and and people giving feedback and all that so it is good if you want to get involved uh, we got a good thing going guys so uh tony groves final thoughts yeah well you know i'm gonna kind of piggyback those those things there, um, you know, with, with plate tracks, you know, Daytona's this week. Um, Talent when it's Talladega, everybody just, um, you know, gets seems to get a little extra excited, um, and it just makes makes the whole week go a lot of fun. Um, you know, everybody seems to. Well, I personally, anyways, uh, tend to race a lot more uh, come plate time. Now I don't know if that's just because I'm trying to recover everything that I've lost from from the bad luck, but uh, 
it's it's exciting I, I love watching it on the tv i love i love racing it um in the sim um it's uh you know i've had a couple rough couple of weeks you know with with sonoma and then chicago land last week um you know grab a, a top five this week i won't be able to join you guys tonight um but i'm hoping to be able to uh make at least one more start maybe on sunday i might be able to make both we'll see how that goes but I just, I love plate track racing. It's so much fun. And, yeah. It's fun because you run in, uh, up front. And you're competitive. Uh, and it's hard to do that during regular, when it's non-restrictor, at least for me. And the team aspect's really awesome. Yeah, there's a couple of races where me and Tony got to run together. You know, his teammates just flying around these guys for laps and laps, even though he had some bad luck when it was a lap down. But we we're, we're still, I mean, it's just fun be able to get to, to race with your teammates and have it make a difference. Yep. Yeah, it is a blast. I, I love Daytona. Um, I always seem to do well here. So I'll jump into my final thoughts. Uh, you know, I got two wins this week, the first two wins of the year, guys, of 2018. So I am just pumped. And um, after having a bad Talladega because of connection problems, uh Boy, that first lap of Daytona when I got on the NIS race and everyone started blinking again, my heart just fell to the ground. I'm like, no, this can't be happening again. But at least I knew how to fix it. And I was able to get not one, but two wins and looking for some more. So, man, the confidence is super high right now. Uh, after nosediving from 3,500 in March down to where I'm at now and then now I'm just starting to crawl back up. So I hope I've turned the tide and going forward out of Daytona to K Kentucky and so forth and New Hampshire and Watkins Glen, I'll be okay, you know. And um, so hoping I've turned the luck around with this win. That's what my thought is today. Uh, with that. Uh, hey, Mike, before we go, yeah. one thing I did forget in mind. Uh, since my wheel's back, I just want to give one shout-out again to Tony. Without Tony, I would have been – gone from racing probably for a month so i'm just tony i really appreciate that you helped me out there with uh let me borrow a wheel till uh mine came back oh shucks <laughs> all right thing mike i'm sorry because you brought it up but you might wanna, <laughs> <laughs> i know you might want to mention the fix um since you had brought up that problem with the uh the connection so at daytona and talladega you know, if some people might have it, an issue with um, blinking that they only see there, if you turn, go to the graphics options and turn down uh, max cars to 20 instead of 43 or whatever you might have it set on, you that might fix your problem. And that, yep. that is what fixed your problem, right? I think there's somebody yep. else on the team. That's under uh, App I and I. You have to go to My Documents, App I and I, open it up, find max cars transmit, change it to 20. Yep, that's a fix for me, so I don't know. Uh, all right, with that being said, uh, hit us up at iracerslounge.com to find us, or Twitter, or YouTube, or SoundCloud, or Stitcher, or pod uh, anywhere a podcast is found, especially iTunes in the Apple Podcast app, or Google Play Store. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.